Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another interesting day. Yeah, it was one of those do a double take on the markets. Uh, at one point, we saw a lot of nice green on the screen. And of course, we all know how that turned out, especially from a soybean perspective. But if you flip the page over to the livestock, not as pretty either. A lot of negativity that seems to be happening within the market trade today. We're going to talk about that. What's been going on? What type of influences we're seeing on the trade? Don't forget, we've got a lot of talk about input costs and, and fertilizers. We look towards next year and the way the dollar's been trading as well. So let's bring in Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. And I, I made the comment to you on Twitter this afternoon. I bet we talk about soybeans during the Fontenelle final bell. And that, I don't know. It, I thought maybe we saw some positives today, but but it didn't take long for that market to fall backwards and not be able to really move their way back up. No, and, I, you know, you take a look at the fundamentals of, of beans. Um, you know, and obviously Thursdays are the export sales day. They were okay today, but it, it's not really closing that deficit gap that that uh, that we really need to close here, meaning that we need to be exporting a lot more beans than what we currently are. Um, or we're going to fall further from further behind. Um, and this is, should be, um, you know, the time of the frame, time frame of the year where we are exporting a lot of beans and we're just not doing that. Um, and then there was some, some analysts and some thoughts out of Brazil early yesterday morning that because of how early Brazil had planted, they might have some beans ready to harvest by the end of the year. So that is really putting, you know, the pressure on beans here. But not just that. I mean, yes, the fundamentals are you know not that positive but it, you, you just really have had a, a a difficulty from a technical perspective really getting back above these august trend lines they, they, they've held every single time they they they've come up and touched them we were working a rising wedge which is typically associated with a bearish move lower that's exactly what we're got you have a, a bearish crossover between the nine and the 20 day uh, moving averages. So that is adding more fuel to the fire here. Um, but, you know, beans have held up relatively good uh, given their fundamentals. One of the things I think is holding beans up, one, you still got an unknown risk in Brazil, let's face it. And then you still have uh, some of the slower planting paces we've seen in the last 10, 15 years in Argentina. But you've also had good strength in wheat. You have had good strength in corn to hold that bean up. And I just think, you know, with today's sales, uh, it, it was just a catalyst. Once you got below 1237, 1235 on the January contract, you, you just you gave way to the sellers today. And, um, but, you know, tomorrow's a new day and hopefully we see, you know, a little bit of pop back into the week because you don't want to go down. Uh, you know, into the week and having this type of technical damage. Now, I had read, maybe it was yesterday, that uh, China was already making their purchases of beans coming out of, of Brazil and South America as a whole. Having said that, should our markets be nervous? As you mentioned, the possibility of having new crop beans from them in December, just a few months short of when we had new crop beans? Absolutely, because it, it, it's... It is a major threat. We know uh, we are the second source of China's beans at this point. I mean, they want the Brazilian beans. And as I put in over the last month or two uh, in my subscription service that I send out to subscribers is my concern is we go from 150 to 225 million carryout. And I thought even at that point I was bearish. Little did I know we'd go from 180 to 320 now. Now the question is, 
if these exports remain at the, at the same pace we're on, are we even going to get to two billion, maybe one point nine billion at the top side as far as exports? And then what happens to our carryout? Does it go from three twenty to four twenty? Um, that's a real, real threat here. The where there's positives in the 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 grain complex, it's not beans. It's, it's definitely the wheat market, and you have some positivities going on with corn as well. So, having said that, does that change the way we do some marketing of beans uh, for guys that are still maybe holding on to them and and wondering if that export potential is even going to be there? Yeah, I, I you know I think at, at this point there's no wondering left. Um, we need to be we need to be aggressively hedging. Uh, beans here uh, or selling cash, HTAs, hedges, uh, both on old crop and new. Um, I think that, you know, you look at the potential of what could happen in, in in next year's, you know, acreage battle with between corn and beans and where, you know, November 22 beans are currently sitting, let's call it north of $12 still. These are still historically good levels. And so to reward it here, you know, to be getting at least 20%, 30%, you know, on the books, you know, if that's your worst 20, 30%, so be it. I know a lot of guys in Brazil right now, they're over 50% hedged. I know some are 80% because uh, they are concerned as well too and so we have to watch you know the u.s dollar and this relationship with the brazilian real because it is not conducive a higher dollar i mean yes the feds fed speak yesterday tanked the dollar but the dollar has recovered really nicely we continue to work in this upward channel that we've been working basically since late may to june the dollars moving higher even though in the, in the face of inflation which i think is something that is going to continue to maybe prop this dollar up because the higher inflation goes it puts more pressure on the fed to raise those rates puts more pressure on the upside to the dollar so there's a lot of things going on that be really negative towards the bean market if beans have savior is definitely going to be corn or wheat okay so i was just going to say and we got to go to break here in a minute but with this corn market can the corn pull the the soybeans out of the stoldrum I think they can, and it's going to be an acreage battle, I think, this, this fall, winter, and, and, and spring, because uh, there is going to be some acreage shifts in, in the, the Dakotas, for sure, North Dakota in particular. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. We'll continue to talk about what's been going on in this corn and the wheat market as well. As we see the input costs, is that going to have an influence as well on what we see for the acreage numbers? Cattle trades had an interesting run this week. And, and June hogs of next year, what's Darren's thoughts on that? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. For over 85 years, Fontenelle Hybrids has brought consistency to Nebraska farmers. Fontenelle dealer Dusty Mim near Sutton talks about the consistency he's seen on his own farm. We run a lot of checks with competitive products to make sure that that we're offering our customers the best product that we possibly can. And time and time again, Fontenelle has has come to the plate and hit base hit after base hit. For more, just contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or look us up on the web, Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labor. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing the conversation with Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. So we left off really talking about uh, what was going on in this bean market and the corn as well, if it's able to pull it out. What about from the wheat perspective? Can the wheat help these soybeans along with their struggles? Uh, I do think they can. I mean, if there is a positive uh, to the grain complex, it's, it's definitely wheat. It's, it's Chicago, KC, uh, definitely the 
the milling wheat, the spring wheat type of markets. And, you know, one thing I always look for from a trading perspective is I, I want to know what that Paris wheat is doing. And that Paris wheat has been very, very strong. It has been making high after high after high, which has encouraged um, our markets as well here. Uh, but, you know, the story in spring wheat, it, it's like that in canola it, you know, a lot of the crops in North Dakota, Canada, Canada especially, uh, they had a really bad, bad growing season. They had a lot of drought and a lot of crops were, you know, not so good. Um, that has put a lot of pressure on the wheat, you know, not just worldwide, but definitely domestically. And it has given corn with the strong ethanol margins a reason to move up with it. Now, I do think that the, the wheat market is maybe getting a little bit toppy, probably should be rewarded at this point. But what about corn and what about some of these ethanol margins and, and, and energy in general? I think the thing is why a lot of producers are seeing these strong, strong basis levels is, one, you have a, a really known story of these strong ethanol margins. I think that they stay you know, around for a week, maybe a couple months more um, before we start seeing maybe a little bit of pressure. Now, I'm not in the camp that – $85 oil is going to be sustainable. Uh, I think it's a really a, a tax on the American consumer that whether it's be called a tax or not, you're paying the extra 20, extra 30 bucks every time you go to fill up your tank. And sooner or later, that's going to weigh on the economy. So the, the, the inflation that we're seeing on the energy side is the same type of of trade, I think that we're going to see in other markets that we had earlier this year. Take lumber, for example. Lumber made a, a hyperbolic move and, and then has fallen off a cliff. I think the same thing is going to happen within the fertilizer markets, the urea, the ammonia. They, yes, they've gone hyperbolic. I mean, you look at urea prices at the Gulf. I mean, we're over 700 a ton there. That has gone hyperbolic. As sooner or later, it will come to a stop. It will come. And I do think once some of that need comes off, I think that you're going to see a little bit of calm down of these uh, of corn. But right now, uh, corn fundamentally um, probably should be rewarded uh, from the producer side of things. Not that we're overvalued by any means because there's still a lot of unknowns about how the rest of maybe this harvest may go, especially in Illinois, Indiana, where they have been very, very wet. So we got still got to get this crop out there, but I do think this crop is good. I do think next Tuesday, USDA raises the yield on both the corn and beans because, um, you know, all the customers I have across the country, 90% of them have said this crop is very good. I've heard more record crops on corn this year, especially in Nebraska, than I have ever heard. So I think this crop is good. USDA, I think, raises raises the uh, yield on Tuesday, and I do think that we need to reward this rally. Are we going to see, as we switch gears, are we going to see the cattle be able to pull themselves and the feeder cattle pull themselves out of this negativity? Uh, you know, I, I think so. I mean, cattle... Um, you know, we had that bad drop there in August, and we really recovered here. We're really working a nice upward channel here, closer to, you know, that lower 130s on the Deese fats right now. Um, you know, you take a look at the, the February fats, so we are coming up against resistance. Saw that today, had a pullback. Um, I do think cattle can work their way higher for the time being. I do think right now the way I'm positioning is I think that pullbacks of any any type of magnitude should be bought here because I do think that even though we do have higher corn prices, I think still there's a good demand story that's still going to be here for a while. So the same thing can be said on some of the hogs here. 
Hawks have made a good run here over the last few days, but we are getting some toppy in some of those later deferred months, say like June 22, where you know almost approaching those mid 90s. Those are always good levels to be, you know, being protective uh, from t- to the downside as a producer. All right, what about the these June hogs of next year? What what causes co- some concerns for you? Um, we are working a channel or a, 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 a triangle pattern. Uh, we have a gap in the charts here. And that's one of the real big concerns I, I have as a trader here. Uh, that gap sitting right here at 93.20. We've really moved higher here today's session. I do think that this may have another dollar or two rally in here, but I'm definitely looking to be a little bit more defensive here um, going into next week and, and, and to finish out this week. But uh, right now, I, I would be looking for a little bit of a pullback here within the next couple of weeks, probably back towards that 20-day moving average, call it 92.40. All right. Sounds good. Lots of great things happening. Good and bad, I should say, in this market. Best way for folks to have this conversation with you, Darren. You know, they can call me directly or text me at 312-858-3668. And they can always find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha. Definitely follow that. He's got some great videos that he shared from some producers to the south. That is today's Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle final bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.